listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheParkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Rique, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Barkboard, Mr. Jackson Moore. And Jackson, now, now we're entering that time frame where not much is going on, but we still got news for everybody, right? Yeah, as far as football goes, you know, there's been a lot of news coming out this month, even though there's not been that much uh, tangible events or anything going on this month. But, you know, we still got basketball last weekend was crazy there was uh, baseball and softball and a whole bunch of sports were going on around campus and um, recruiting never stops and spring football were under a month away but um, yeah it can definitely feel like uh, if you're just used to, to getting the bulldog stadium in the fall and <laughs> we're a long way away from uh, the, the fun part <laughs> yeah it seems like things are starting to kind of get a little bit more back to normal back to the the way it was before but uh, before covid hit and uh, some of the restrictions are being eased up even more uh, especially now with the new uh, the new uh, news coming out of uh, the, the you know the dim out of the state saying that they're going to start easing mask restrictions so that that should start easing up uh, some of the coverage that we'll be able to, to have uh, in regards to Fresno State right Jackson yeah you know um, it, it's gotten a little bit more back to normal this year there's still a few things here and there that uh, are different still even from a media standpoint and of course if you're going to basketball games you know you got to show that um, vaccination card or a negative test before you get in there. So um, that's still going on right now, but it looks like um, you know, as long as nothing drastic changes before next season, then perhaps uh, some of that stuff won't be around anymore. Yeah, and and hopefully it'll help things, uh, you know, open things a little bit more. Uh, we'll be able to move around a little bit better and, and kind of do what we need to do uh, in order to bring that extra coverage for the Fresno State fans out there. Uh, but that being said, uh, the latest news of the, you know, just in time for spring uh, football to, to come around, Fresno State released their upcoming schedule for 2022. And it seems like uh, it's going to be a jam packed with a lot of action this year. Right, Jackson? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we kind of knew, well, of course, the non-conference schedule was out. We knew the eight teams that the Bulldogs would play in, in the conference, but Finally, now that Mountain West Conference is uh, released and the, the schedule for that, and we know exactly the order of the games. And um, I mean, we see we've got the early buy for the Bulldogs. That's a, an interesting one. They're going to have a, as you mentioned, a jam-packed slate with uh, nine games to finish out the year with no um, with no buy in between. Uh, they're going to have uh, four weeks without a home game stretched in there. They got to go to UConn followed by at Boise to open conference. So there's, I mean, especially that first half of the schedule, it's going to be wild. And if they can survive that, uh, there's a chance for them to make a real run in the back half too. Yeah. It seems like it's, uh, out of all years that this one, it looks like could be one of those that could turn into a special season. If, if, all the stars line up for the Bulldogs this upcoming year. Uh, I mean, you know, you start off with Cal Poly, then Oregon State, then USC, then UConn, all non-conference opponents. But none of those are not uh, what we would call unwinnable, 
Oh, the Bulldogs do have a chance in every one of those, right, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, certainly Cal Poly and UConn, uh, two teams they just destroyed last year. And then you even look at Oregon State. I mean, they're going to be a solid team. They went 7-5 and five last year. And uh, so in the regular season, they, they did get beat by Utah State in the bowl game. So, I mean, that's a team that is decent, but Fresno State could probably be uh, favored for that one, which uh, they, even if they're not the most premier program in the Pac-12 coming into Bulldog Stadium, that's a, a pretty big accomplishment to be recognized there. And then, of course, that USC is the big one. I mean, they only won four games last year, but they could be a very different team with Lincoln Riley coming in, uh, a whole bunch of transfers. They're number one in the nation as far as the transfer portal ranking goes. They've got uh, the number one quarterback and the number one overall player in 24-7 sports transfer portal rankings of Caleb Williams. So that's going to be a much different team, but kind of cross your fingers and hope that uh, game three of the Lincoln-Riley era uh, that they're still figuring things out and they're not quite in sync and that a, a veteran Bulldog team might be able to go in there and, and uh, take advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, if if the Bulldogs had a, a good chance at pulling off a, a victory at USC, this upcoming year could be one of those uh, years that uh, could allow them to do so, uh, especially with a lot of talent returning on Fresno State's uh, roster. Uh, could very well be the best shot they've had in quite some time to go in and do it. Now, granted, a couple of years ago, they were at USC at a very winnable USC team, and the Bulldogs struggled. Uh, do you see a repeat of what uh, of that this upcoming game, or do you see the Bulldogs might be able to do a little bit more than what they did? Yeah, I remember uh, both of us being on the field there at the Coliseum in 2019, and it was, so it was a, kind of an odd one because it was a season opener. The Bulldogs were breaking in a new quarterback with Jorge Reina. And there was just a lot of jitters, I felt like, early. I mean, it's a, a big venue and a lot of guys really getting their first starts and that kind of action. You could definitely tell the nerves were there. And, I mean, even for us, you know, it's, it's nice to have kind of an FCS game or at least a home game to kind of get our bearings and get in the spots we're used to for pictures and video and stuff before you hit one of those big-time games and uh, this time around, it, the Bulldogs won't be making that trip till week three. And you also factor in they returned so much from last year's team, especially at quarterback where you've got Jake Hayner back. I mean, the Bulldogs should be full speed ahead going into that USC game. Uh, I think it's going to be a different feel, but it may also be a, a pretty different Trojans team based off the type of talent that uh, Lincoln Riley's been able to bring in in this new transfer portal era. Yeah, and uh, so that could be uh, that could be a, a very interesting game to say the least. But before the Bulldogs head to USC, uh, of course, at home they'll have a couple of games at Bulldog Stadium. First one, uh, especially against Cal Poly, one that the Bulldogs are heavily favored in that one. Uh, don't see much much of a game being uh, there for the Cal Poly to trip up the Bulldogs. Am I wrong, Jackson, or do you see? You see the same thing that that one should be just an easy test for the Bulldogs going into the season opener. Yeah, I mean, I sure think so. I mean, it was ugly last year when it was just a sixty-three to ten Bulldog win, and you know, it was very odd that Fresno State plays the same team back to back in the same venue. You know, when you're talking non-conference games, usually you play one of these, and then you don't see the team for a while. Or if you're in the case of like a UConn with an FBS series, you go home and away usually. Uh, which is also on the schedule this year. But 
the Mustangs will be back in Bulldog Stadium for a second straight season. And, um, yeah, it was uh, quite lopsided last season. Uh, I mean, if you want to give some credit to the Mustangs, uh, they were going through their first couple of games with the new coach who had just had uh, just only a very shortened spring season the year before that. So they were very fresh, very uh, raw as far as the, what they're trying to build there. But um, they might be able to make some progress uh, by September, but and not nearly enough to make this a game, I don't think. Yeah, that's and it's also nice that uh, the Bulldogs just start off with an FCS game, which they haven't had since 2018. <laughs> uh, I think it's um, it's just uh, nice to have that game as a tune-up first, and, and to kind of get your bearings and and work out some of the kinks and start off with some momentum. And I think most teams are used to that. Uh, for Fresno State, it hasn't been the case the last couple of years. And when you play those games in like week three or week four, they feel kind of odd. <laughs> you already kind of know what you've got. It feels like just kind of a the throw-in game it doesn't grab as much attention compared to a season opener where you're excited no matter who they play. So I think this is ideal. It's not something Fresno State gets every year. And uh, a lot of times when they have this lined up, it, it definitely ripples into the rest of the year. Yeah, and not to mention that this is a Cal Poly team that's, uh, you know, they can bring some somewhat a little bit of a fan base coming in because uh, it is – pretty much considered a local team which is uh two to three hours away that they can drive uh to the to bulldog stadium and play this game so it makes it makes things interesting because a lot of the local players here are playing on that cal poly cal poly team so there's going to be that influx of other uh other fan base coming in to support their their fan their uh players at cal poly uh here locally so uh, it should make for a fun atmosphere here at bulldog stadium to say the least, even though it's a, a lesser opponent, it's it's good to, like you said, to have it on that opener, uh, season opener, where the fans don't care who really they're facing, as long as it's a, a game that they can watch because they've been going through withdrawals for the last few months. <laughs> uh, that's just the way I look at it. Uh, but the next game on the schedule, of course, uh, here at Bulldog Stadium again, and uh, uh, this you know, this Pac-12 team has been here a couple of times, and both times uh, Fresno State's coming out come out with a win, um, you know, and we can all, the one that always sticks out in my mind goes back to the David Carr era uh, when uh, Oregon State came in heavily ranked and, and Fresno State uh, took it to them, and the fan base rushed the field and pulled down the, the goalposts, so to speak, and uh, that one's always stuck in my mind. But this is this is not that same Oregon State team. Um, they they are a very good team. How do you see the Bulldogs faring against this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was fun. Just last year, we're kind of reliving the 20th anniversary of that 20 or 2001 season, and especially that one game uh, it was one of the biggest memories, of course, since it was the biggest home win of the season. A lot of those big upsets came on the road that year too, um, but. Um, yeah, just to remember the goalposts coming down and I uh, sure remember that Beaver logo on the side of those helmets <laughs> during that game. And um, yeah, they'll be back now. And um, they're a team, you know, I, I cover some Pac-12 as well and I've been following them and they're kind of right in the middle of that pack. I mean, the, the, that conference has really eaten itself alive the last couple of seasons. And especially uh, last year, Oregon State was on the right side of that, going five and four in the Pac-12 and seven and six overall they beat 
um, USC and some other solid teams like uh, Arizona State and Washington. They even beat Utah, who actually won the conference. So it's just they also beat Hawaii, in all fairness, in non-conference play, who the Bulldogs got tripped up to, too. But, I mean, that Pac-12 is a tough one. It's just odd to read. There's about one or two really good teams, one or two really bad teams, and everyone else is kind of right in the middle. And um, Oregon State's one of those teams. And so it's a team that's going to be a quality opponent coming in. And if you look at some of the similar matchups last year in Mountain West, the top-end teams that played those middle Pac-12 teams, just about all of them won those games. The Mountain West teams I'm referring to were the, the victors in those matchups. And this on paper would look very similar, but the Bulldogs do need to make sure they bring that chip on their shoulder. There's a game that people are probably already more excited about the following week to go to Los Angeles and see the Bulldogs play USC. But if the Bulldogs don't bring that chip of being excited to play a Pac-12 team at home, uh, it could kind of counter the, some of the advantages the Bulldogs have because the Beavers definitely, I mean, they play top competition weekly and uh, they're going to be ready to come in here and play Fresno State. But uh, I think if you have an inspired Bulldog team, if it's hot, if the fans are rowdy, uh, I think that's all going to be more than enough for Fresno State to overwhelm them in the, their home venue. Yeah, uh, I see um... – the way this one playing out, as long as the Bulldogs can come out against Cal Poly and and really put in a really good game, uh, getting that fan base, uh, you know, just uh, happy and, and ready for football. When Oregon State comes in the following week, could potentially be uh, a sold out stadium. You know, I'm 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 going on the record here, Jackson. It could be a full a sold out stadium for that game, only because it is a Pac-12 team coming into Bulldog Stadium, which doesn't happen very often. If that were to happen, the whole atmosphere could change uh, heading into that game, right, Jackson? Yeah, and I think Fresno State should be getting some at least some votes in the top twenty-five. I, I think it's going to be tough for them to start off in the top 25, but just to have that buzz coming off of a 10-win season, people are excited to see Coach Tedford and all these players that are back, and there should be a lot of momentum going into this one. And, um, you know, the, everyone remembers when Fresno State went to USC in, in 2005 and how crazy that game was. But, man, what an atmosphere it was the week before when Fresno State hosted Boise State got their first win against the Broncos in quite some time, and it was not close. I mean, the fans were just all over that win and chanting, and we won SC, that kind of stuff. So uh, it could be a very uh, a lot of parallels in this little two-week stretch here if the Bulldogs can make it happen. Yeah, absolutely, and that would be an exciting uh, time for the Bulldogs if, if things go their way heading into the into the next game against USC. Now, we've already kind of covered USC. Any other thoughts on, on USC on that third week game uh, heading uh, to the Coliseum for that one? Uh, any Anything stick out to you? Yeah, it's just mostly the, the, the influx of transfers, which is when we're now hitting this era in college football where, I mean, you can, it's almost a hint of free agency. I mean, Lincoln Riley comes in, gets a bunch of his guys from, well, not a bunch, but some guys from Oklahoma. I think there's three major transfers they picked up, uh, specifically a quarterback, the quarterback, Caleb Williams, who we talked about, and one of their receivers as well, Mario Williams, who are big time recruits. Um, they've got USC, or they've got Oregon's best, one of their best running backs, Travis Dye. They've got one of Stanford's best running backs, Austin Jones. 
they pulled in Jerry Rice's son uh, from Colorado, Brendan Rice. I mean, that's just a very small sample of the guys they brought in. There's a four-star from Alabama coming in. There's a Auburn recruit. I mean, all across the board, they pulled in just a long list of transfers that, I mean, if all these guys pan out, that could be half your starting lineup between the offense and defense. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be obviously a very different USC team. And uh, there are, I'm sure, I mean, as, even though they only won four games last year, you got to probably figure most of their roster is built with four and five star guys that are going to be tough to take on. But uh, if they can just, if they can't bridge the gap enough from being that four win team last year, if I mean, Fresno State, if. Fresno State and USC would have played last November. I think the Bulldogs would have won for sure. But now we're kind of in this spot where we don't know how good USC is going to be. We have a pretty good idea how good Fresno State's going to be. Uh, just what's it going to look like when they clash? And so that'll be exciting. Um, we'll see uh, USC since, this, of course, this is week three. Uh, we know the Trojans are going to have to play uh, Stanford the week before. Uh, they have a home game versus Rice in the season opener, which I don't think will. Uh, tell us a whole lot, but that Stanford game, a team that also struggled last year, it might give us an indication of how good the Trojan team is and how vulnerable they are uh, when the Bulldogs make uh, and the Red Wave make the trip down to LA. <laughs> Should be an interesting to see just uh, what kind what kind of team uh, is going to come out of USC. I know a lot of eyes are going to be glued to the television once uh, the season starts and kind of seeing how, what kind of a USC team they're going to have. Like you said, there's a lot of a lot of transfers going on right now, and uh, USC is one of those teams who has benefited from from all the movement that's been going around. Yet we don't know how those pieces are going to fit in on that team. Uh, yet only time will tell, but it could make a huge difference uh, for the Trojans. So we'll see what happens once uh, the season begins. Uh, after USC, Fresno State then travels all the way across the country to go take on UConn, uh, the UConn Huskies, who were here last uh, season. And let's just say that game wasn't even close um and the temperatures were skyrocketing <laughs> that day, right, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty miserable, especially. Uh, I mean, it was probably miserable everywhere. I know we were on the field; it was pretty dang hot. The the heat extra it bounces off the turf and it makes it uh, several tens of degrees hotter down there. But I know if you were on those uh, what steel bleachers, that probably wasn't fun. I know the press box was. Uh, totally. I mean, a lot of them, the media people forfeited their press box. They try to get down to the field because it was so hot up there, too. Uh, so this won't be anything like that, of course, for the dogs and the Huskies. And uh, we'll even that out a little bit. Bulldogs got to make a long, long trip to get there, of course. Uh, fortunately, they do have a bye before. Uh, I'm hoping they can get an early start on that trip and try to negate some of the disadvantages of, of all the travel they're going to have to do to and from. Because uh, especially if you, or we'll get to it here very shortly, but there's just quite a game that awaits after this one, and you want to make sure the Bulldogs are at full strength. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, the Huskies make any progress because they are going to have a new head coach with Jim Mora Jr. Uh, they brought in the quarterback from Penn State, Taquan Robertson. Uh, Robertson. So between a new coach, new quarterback, some more transfers, uh, I imagine UConn's going to have a little more of a pull. And the fact that it's not in Fresno, it's on the other end of the country and not in the blistering heat, there will be some things that even out uh, the advantages the Bulldogs had. But again, it should be another one Fresno State wins. 
even if it's not by 45 points, it should be pretty lopsided. Yeah, yeah, that one uh, should be a good, uh, like you said, it should be a good tune-up for the next game that I'm going to be calling out right now, which is one that I have circled on my calendar because I don't know about you, Jackson, but I'm thinking road trip on this one for for us. <laughs> uh, Fresno State heads to Boise State. Of course, the no, everyone knows the rivalry that's been happening between Fresno State and Boise State ever since these two uh, were put into the same um, same conference pretty much. And let's just say neither one of these teams like each other. And, and it's always, uh, it is always turns out for whatever reason, Jackson, it's always either a blowout in one way or the other. And it, very rarely do we see a very close game all the way from beginning till end, uh, a la Derek Carr season, uh, when that game was won in the final seconds. But, um, Fresno State uh, at Boise, for whatever reason, Boise has had the Bulldogs number. Uh, but as of late, Fresno State has been making a run at Boise and and getting a couple of key victories. How do you see this one turning out? You know, we've seen a lot of movement happening uh, uh, as far as the transfer transfer portals concerned with a lot of the teams. Has Boise benefited from this or what kind of recruiting class did they come up this past season? Yeah, you know, Boise did finish first in the conference, uh, as they typically do. It's very rare that they don't. It's been that way since even before the Bulldogs <laughs> made the, the move to join them in the Mountain West. Um, the, I mean, this one's a, a tough one to read just because where you, we saw the Bulldogs at Broncos play four times in two years back in 2017 and 18. It was wild. And then the, they didn't play at all for three years. And we thought Fresno State was the superior team. And all of a sudden, Boise State comes in the Bulldog Stadium and really let the Bulldogs have it. Um, so, and then you still kind of think Fresno State's got the better roster. And, but you, when you think about going to the blue turf, you think about playing a team that just blew you out the last year, you don't have a whole lot of optimism, perhaps, for this matchup. Um, you know, the Broncos didn't hit the portal too hard. They brought in. Uh, alignment on each side of the field and a reserve quarterback, and that's about it. Um, but as mentioned, their recruiting class is, is way up there, as it usually is. So, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I mean, the Bulldogs haven't been on the blue turf since 2018 when uh, Ronnie Rivers had the dramatic Mountain West Championship game-winning score in that, that thrilling game. And, you know, the, a lot of the players that are left on this roster who weren't a part of that, they don't know what it's like playing in Boise and uh, you throw in a flight to Connecticut uh, the weekend before this. And there's a lot of variables, a lot of unknowns, but um, it does. I mean, you do get the sense that Fresno State brings their A game, and Boise State brings their A game. That the Bulldogs would be the better team, but we all know that didn't happen last time around. And the Bulldogs were ten and three at the end of the year. Boise State was just seven and five, and. Uh, you figure if the Bulldogs would have played any other seven and five team that weekend in the Bulldog Stadium, they probably would have won. But something about the Broncos always seems to to be trouble. So we'll see if uh, they, especially if Jake Hayner, you know, that's going to be an interesting one for me. Uh, the Boise State series is definitely one quarterbacks are remembered for at Fresno State, and uh, the first round for Hayner did not go good at all. And if he can get a win and kind of redeem himself there it could go a long way and how he's remembered uh, within this program. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Especially after uh, the off season, uh, um, just 
the the what transpired during the off season with the whole transfer portal thing. Uh, if he could come out with uh, a, a victory against Boise State, uh, let's just say a lot of that will be forgiven in a lot of fans' eyes <laughs> um, because they they love nothing more than than beating the Broncos, especially on the blue turf. That's something the Bull, uh, Bulldog faithful have always aspired to is is sticking it to the uh, Boise State on their turf. And it has not happened very much. Uh, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, and next, the next game is one of Fresno State's all-time rivals. Uh, San Jose State will be coming to Fresno State uh, to Bulldog Stadium to take on the Bulldogs. And this one, um, I don't know, Jackson. I, I treat San Jose State like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You never know which team you're going to get out of these guys. Where do you see them standing after what they did last season? Yeah, they were pretty aggressive in the portal, especially in December, um, back when Fresno State had no transfer commits. Of course, that has changed now. They've got a bunch of them. But uh, back in December, when you're talking mid-year guys, the Spartans were aggressive there. They went and swiped Hawaii's quarterback, Shevin Cordero, who will likely start for them this season. Uh, They also pulled in Nevada star wide receiver Elijah Cooks, who – I've had injury trouble, but if he can stay healthy, I mean, he is a game changer. So you're talking about kind of like a free agency. You've got um, the Hawaii's top quarterback and Nevada's top wide receiver now in blue and gold. And that could definitely go a long way for San Jose State, who was having a little trouble offensively last season with some of the players they lost. And um, this game's also a little odd, the timing we're used to seeing these two teams play at the end of the year. Um, but before going too much further in San Jose State, I want to pitch some scenarios about what this Bulldog team could be at this point of the season. I mean, I think we all kind of agree. We kind of expect Fresno State to beat Oregon State and that trips to USC and to Boise State are kind of toss-ups perhaps. And the other games against UConn and Cal Poly should be wins. So you're talking about somewhere between, I mean, potentially 5-0 and and very highly ranked or even as low as three and two or even two and three if they can't get that Oregon State win. Um, But you go into this week and you have seven conference games. You control your destiny still because uh, Boise State's on the other side, of course, of the divisional standing. So regardless of if Fresno State is like the talk of the nation at this point of the season or if they (laughs) even have a losing record, I mean, they can make a run through these last seven games and go to the Mountain West Championship. So uh, you know, we're used to a lot of Fresno State seasons where there's big hype, and then if uh, a loss happens, it's like, oh, it's over, you know. <laughs> uh, especially in the, the BCS era where Pat Hill was trying to get the Bulldogs there, and he basically had to go undefeated to have a chance. Um, but this is a season where, I mean, there's a chance for Fresno State to really have a big season and make national noise, but. They can also fail early on and still be Mountain West Conference Championship contenders. And this San Jose State game, either way, is going to kind of set the tone. If you're five and zero and nationally ranked, and everyone's looking at you, this is a game where if you come in and you know, much like when Fresno State played UNLV last year, we kind of all expected the Bulldogs to blow them out after beating UCLA and getting ranked and stuff. And if they have one of those kind of performances here, the Spartans are good enough to to trip them up. And likewise, if the Bulldogs are coming in limping a little bit, this is a game where they will still be good enough to win and kind of rebound and get things rolling for the rest of the year. So 
you know, this is not the, the sexiest name on the schedule, of course, but it's a rivalry game. And regardless, best case scenario or worst case scenario in the first five weeks of the season, this game could be a turning point uh, to defining the rest of the year for the Bulldogs. Absolutely. I mean, if the Bulldogs can survive that first half of the uh, of the season with a winning record and then face San Jose and able to pull off a victory there, uh, then the Bulldogs have the their own destiny firmly in their in their grasp moving into the final few games. Um, of course, after San Jose, the Bulldogs will have to travel to New Mexico, who should take on a team that theoretically should be uh, an easy one for the Bulldogs to, to manage, but I, I never take any of these games lightly because New Mexico has surprised the Bulldogs in the past. So what, what kind of an outlook do you see uh, on the horizon for New Mexico this upcoming season? Yeah, New Mexico, you know, they had a really, I mean, they had one of the toughest times in the pandemic season in 2020, and yet they were still given a lot of teams a lot of trouble. Um, didn't quite translate to this past season with their second-year staff in Fresno State. Uh, they handled that game in Bulldog Stadium pretty easily. It was 34-7, to and uh, one touchdown that was scored by the Lobos, uh, that running back has now left the team and transferred to Washington. He was just a freshman and someone that Fresno State's old staff had offered. So uh, you see why the, the coach, former coach DeBoer and those guys tried to, to swipe him over there to Seattle. Um but uh, overall, I mean, I don't, as mentioned, it's a conference game. It's on the road. There's going to be challenges, but I don't think this is a game where Fresno State will get tripped up. Um, they do have another marquee matchup the week after that. So it is one where you got to keep your eyes focused and not look ahead. But um, yeah, they, I think they'll be able to, to handle this one. Yeah, so after they they head to New Mexico and take them uh take on uh, New Mexico, then the Bulldogs get to come back to Bulldog Stadium for a couple of weeks. Uh and the the first game they're going to be matched up again is again another rivalry game against San Jose and or not San Jose, San Diego State. It's the other San <laughs> team uh <laughs> against San Diego State who are going to be coming to Bulldog Stadium of uh, this past uh, seasons uh, uh, division champions, uh, which uh, kind of took that one away from the Bulldogs this last season. There's going to be a little bit of, uh, on the line on this up on this game, right, Jackson? Where the Bulldogs are going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They're going to come in and try and prove that they should have took the the conf- not the conference the division title uh, from San Diego and, uh, they want to try and come in and prove that this, that it was a fluke, right, Jackson? Yeah. I mean, and then you also have San Diego state who, even though they won the division, they're probably going to be looking for revenge having lost to the Bulldogs last year. <laughs> so there's going to be a sword. lot of <laughs> double edged sword. We got, yeah, there's, there's two sides to this one. Yeah. There's going to be a lot riding on this one. Probably. I mean, as far as the division standings go, these two teams should far and away be, the top two in the division. I mean, this could be a huge matchup. And I think it's one that uh, talking about the schedule and looking at the comments, I mean, it's not getting a lot of mentions. And just frankly, it seems like when Fresno State's good, they beat San Diego State. And when Fresno State's bad, or, you know, they've had a couple of those years, they just don't have what it takes to, to keep up with this team. So I think we're, we're just used to seeing the Bulldogs win this matchup when it's one of these highly anticipated seasons. 
And, uh, you know, on, on paper, it seems like Fresno State should have the advantages again. I mean, they'll be at home, of course. And just the style of play that these two teams play when, when San Diego State's just kind of a, a powerhouse team and they rely on a strong defense. And, you know, just last year, the Bulldogs proved they were good enough offensively to hang 30 points on them and also keep them at bay on, on the other side of the ball. So, I mean, this is one that, I think a lot of Bulldog fans just anticipate it's going to be a win if everything's going right for the dogs, but it's going to be a challenging one for sure. I mean, uh, San Diego State finished 12-2 and last year. Uh, they do bring quite a bit back. They're going to have a new quarterback. Uh, both their quarterbacks last year left in the portal. They added a quarterback from Virginia Tech to see if that uh, kind of fixes their passing game a little bit. They are still the same run-heavy team, but I think they would like to throw the ball a little bit more if they have a capable passer. So, I mean, there's a it's going to be a, a big-time game on the schedule, but it, it does feel like Fresno State should have the advantage. Yeah, that one is going to be uh, an interesting one to watch because a lot could be on the line once they get to that particular stage of the season. Um, and another one of those games where potentially could be a, uh, you know, a Bulldog stadium could be packed for that one. Um, not sure if it would be a sold out game, but there could be quite a bit of bodies in the, in the stadium with a lot on the line, uh, against San Diego state. Now, after they face San Diego state, of course, they're, they're still going to stay here at home, uh, and they're going to take on a, a team, that I know the Bulldogs would like to get a second chance at, especially after last season, uh, which kind of thwarted their their chances at winning the uh, division uh, title, uh, and that's against Hawaii. No love lost between these two teams, right, Jackson? Uh, a team that you're very familiar with. How do you see this one happening? I know they got kind of annihilated in the uh, in the transfer portal, but what you know? How how is that going to fare out for Hawaii? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Coach DeBoer went, when over the last two seasons here, went 13 and six, and two of those six losses came to this Hawaii team. Uh, they've definitely had the Bulldogs number, uh, this current, you know, edition of Fresno State and its roster. So this is one the Bulldogs will definitely want to get back to kind of redeem themselves for the last two years. And while this Fresno State team brings a lot of the players back, Hawaii is not going to. They have basically every star player that they had last season either graduated or hit the portal. I mean, it's no secret. A lot of players left during that portal. I mean, there was a ton of players who just took off. Yeah. And there was a lot of controversy and a lot of complaints and a lot of bad press and publicity going on around Todd Graham and what was going on there behind the scenes and in the locker rooms. And uh, it was looking ugly and, you know, they were able to make a change. Graham resigned, but kind of at that point it was too late as far as transfers go. You know, all those star players had picked their new schools, had committed, signed, had moved on. Um, I mean, you're talking about guys that went to Oklahoma, went to UCLA, went to Cincinnati, some pretty big time players. You've got others that are now at San Jose state, like the quarterback Cordero. So, I mean, they're, they've got key players that went to a variety of you know, key FBS schools or Mountain West rivals. Um, but it definitely feels like as far as, <laughs> even though a lot of the, the fan base wanted June Jones to be hired as the, the next head coach. And it was pretty ugly. It sounded like he didn't really get a fair chance, got offered what seemed like a, a bit of a bogus contract. 
Um, but they do have Timmy Chang in there, who was, of course, Hawaii's quarterback in the early 2000s, set NCAA records as a passer. Um, he's a big green as a coach. He's only been an assistant. He's been a receivers coach and tight ends coach at Nevada for the past several years, uh, which is quite a jump to go from there to head coach. But you definitely feel the, the vibe at Hawaii. I think there's going to be a lot of healing with that program, a lot of buy-in from the community. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I have a hard time seeing them replace the talent that they lost this early. Um, Hawaii might be good again, but I don't think it'll be uh, a team that challenges the Bulldogs uh, this season. It's going to be, a, I think, a multiple-year rebuild there for them. Yeah, so this one this one could be uh, a, a time where the Bulldogs might benefit from what has happened at Hawaii, especially after a game against San Diego State uh, in the previous week. Uh, being able to kind of, you know, do what they can against Hawaii, come out with a victory, will go a long way for the Bulldogs, um, you know, to finish out the season. And then right after they play Hawaii here at home, they head back out on the road again, and they head out to uh, UNLV in Las Vegas, uh, which, um, let's face it, last year, UNLV, had so many close games last year, and the Bulldogs were one of them. Uh, so this UNLV, UNLV team was better than their record uh, stated. And uh, what do you see coming out of UNLV this year? Yeah, and, and first kind of another checkpoint in this season, right? You're coming off of back-to-back home games against Hawaii and San Diego State. You, know, you should win at New Mexico before that. And then you've got, of course, the, the San Jose State game we mentioned. So You've had three out of four games at home uh, in this four-week stretch, and three of them are against uh, you know, two, two of the better teams that you're going to have in the West Division. If the Bulldogs can just take care of business at home, I mean, they would be 3-0 and divisionally, at least 4-1, and if not 5-0 and in the conference. I mean, they could be, if they run through those games, even at this point, with still three more games to go, very close to clinching the West Division. And then you, you've got this UNLV team on the road that's going to be one of those thorns, a team that probably won't be competing for the division but can, is capable of beating just about any individual team in the division, as we learned last season. I mean, they were a very tough opponent for Fresno State in Bulldog Stadium, and it didn't stop there. I mean, a lot of their games that they lost, they only or they went 2-10 and 10 last season, but they uh, had a lot of, those finishes right at the end where they almost won. They, they had those heartbreakers over and over. Uh, they did get wins at New Mexico and Hawaii. And they brought in a quarterback from Tennessee, uh, Harrison Bailey, uh, who was a four-star. They, they've got some quarterbacks on the roster who showed some promise last season. So anticipate you're going to see a, a bit of a bump from the Rebels, and that should be enough to get them a couple more wins. I, just, I think Fresno State, if they bring their A game here, they should – put on a better performance than we saw last year even. And it will be interesting to see. I mean, if the Bulldogs are rolling and they're ranked and there's a lot of momentum, you could have a lot of Fresno State fans make this trip to Vegas. Um, I mean, the, the Vegas Bowl is not a thing anymore for the Bulldogs, unfortunately. So if you want to go to Vegas, you're a Fresno State fan, this is the game to go. Or if you go to the Mountain West basketball tournament, that those are about your shots there. And, um, of course, there's a lot of Bulldog fans who are Raiders fans who would probably like to see that Allegiant Stadium for about a tenth of the price it costs to watch the Raiders. So uh, I think there's a lot of uh, 
there's going to be a lot of intrigue because, of course, the Bulldogs have only played in the stadium once and there was uh, attendance restricted due to COVID in 2020. So I think there's enough going on around this game where there won't be one that uh, can catch the Bulldogs or nip them, whether uh, things are going really, really good or if the dogs are just trying to stay in the, the conference race. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm filling an epic road trip for us again. Yeah. <laughs> we always enjoy that trip to Las Vegas. <laughs> so that one, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, you know, like you said, I'm one of those who wants to to check out Allegiant Stadium. Uh, so that that will be fun to go in and cover this game and 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 check out the sights, uh, so to speak. But after that, after the Bulldogs are done with UNLV. They, they head over to uh, Reno, Nevada and take on ne- Nevada Wolfpack, who uh, I believe was another team who pretty much got torn apart in the transfer portal. Um, and so this one, I'm not really sure what to make out of uh, out of this Nevada team. Maybe you maybe you can give me some shed some better light on this team, Jackson. What, what do you see coming out of Nevada? Yeah, well, I mean, first, this is going to be a fun couple of weeks, right? First, you're a red waiver. You can go to Vegas and then go to Reno. Oh, two, two road trips. I'm, I'm smelling road trips here. <laughs> and the, the only downside to this, though, is that we're talking in Reno on uh, November 19th, I believe that date is going to be. Uh, one caveat is that some of these games could still be moved to Friday. They haven't got to that stage yet in the conference play, so there might be a couple of dates that get moved around, but the point of the story is it's going to be cold <laughs> and those, <laughs> those mountains might be snowy trying to get the red wave there to Reno. It could be one of those types of, of trips for Fresno state. Um, and fortunately the Bulldogs avoided that earlier. They, uh, you know, you're, it's a little nerve wracking to face Boise state in the conference opener, but it shouldn't be too cold in Boise that weekend. Albuquerque could have been a cold one in elevation. They don't have to, do that in New Mexico. It should be a mild October night there, but uh, Nevada will definitely be a, a cold one. And fortunately, as you mentioned, they, they've been pretty much decimated. Um, their former coach, Jay Norvell, who was hired by Colorado State within the conference, I believe he took seven of his former players with him. A lot of key players, of course, uh, Carson Strong, their star quarterback, is going on to the NFL draft. He had a whole bunch of receivers. All those guys are pretty much either graduated or going to the draft or has transferred. So um, this is, all, uh, again, another team that should the coverage should be pretty bare. Um, they've got a new head coach in Ken Wilson who has not been a head coach before. He knows Nevada very well. It could be a, a really good fit. He was there for 20 years. He was an assistant coach. He was uh, even an associate athletic director for at least four seasons. And uh, the last decade, he went off to the Pac-12 and uh, worked at Washington State for a long time. He was Oregon's co-defensive coordinator last year. So uh, he's definitely worked his way up the ladder. It's just not a name I think many people are familiar with. And we'll see if, uh, you know, there's going to have to be a little bit of a rebuild there, I think, with all the players they lost. About 20 total players entered the portal. Uh, They've added a bunch of transfer players themselves. They've got a quite. He brought in quite a few players from Oregon with them. Um, they're going to have about twelve transfers coming in. I don't think they're major names, perhaps, but there are a number of Power Five guys in that list. So, um, again, it's going to be a, a tough one for them uh, this upcoming season. But um, they may be. It may prove to be a winner with the move that they made. It's just going to be 
tough with these coaching changes from here on out. Either you're going to hire someone that's going to bring in a bunch of transfers or you're going to have to find someone that can replace a bunch of transfers. And Nevada was on the wrong end of that this year. Uh, they did get a quarterback from Oklahoma State, Shane Illingsworth. Uh, we'll see if you know, he might even be one of the better Mountain West quarterbacks, but definitely not the loaded team they brought to Bulldog Stadium last season. No, it's going to be uh, a, a quite of a different team this upcoming season, um, which sometimes can be a little a, a little scary because you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, Nevada seems to to be able to reload year after year, even though they lost a lot of players. I don't count them out. I'm pretty sure they will figure out a way to kind of reload that team. So I'm I'm not counting them out this upcoming season just yet until I until I get to see them on on television a little bit. But after that game, then you we come up with the season ender uh, at Bulldog Stadium, and Fresno State takes on Wyoming. And this time, it's not going to be on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Thanksgiving Day games uh, for the Bulldogs because, um, I, you know, I want to be able to enjoy watching them without having to worry about um, not falling asleep after I've eaten the turkey. So uh, it's just not. Well, <laughs> I, I, think you, I think you'll be right, but don't count it quite out oh, yet. Oh, man. <laughs> You're telling me there's, uh, there's a possibility they may still play on Thanksgiving it's, Day. It's possible. I, I really doubt it, though. I mean, this time last year, San Jose State, Fresno State wasn't supposed to be on Thanksgiving. Then they got to that part of the year where they started moving games around to Fridays and Thursdays, and that, that was one of them. Uh, rather unfortunately, it had to be that way. Um, but I think being a rivalry game, there was a big reason why that game got picked. Fresno State and Wyoming, it's not going to be. Uh, I mean, <laughs> unless both teams have a really good record. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only way that one's going to be nationally relevant. Maybe it's. I mean, there's a, a lot of teams play on Friday. I mean, it's on that weekend. Uh, I don't think it's something Fresno State ha- has done, but uh, if you watch nationally, there's usually about 10 or 15 games uh, or maybe even more on those Fridays of Thanksgiving weekend. So I mean, this game might get moved around. We'll see. Um, but I don't think the Bulldogs will play on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, well, thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. Uh, but you, what do you see coming out of this Wyoming team? Of course, last year um, – don't really remember what Wyoming did. So that pretty much answers that question. <laughs> so so what do you see coming out of Wyoming, Jackson? Yeah, the Bulldogs last year, they went down or up to Wyoming, won 17-0, got that shutout. It wasn't a very exciting game. It was a very strange game for Fresno State where they <laughs> had come in passing the ball all over the place and then decided they were going to run it all day long in this game. And it worked and they won, but it wasn't, of course, one of the most memorable games the Bulldogs have ever played. Uh, Wyoming is in the rare um, the rare category of teams this year that did not go through a coaching change but still got decimated in the transfer portal. Um, I mean, they, uh, get, they're another team, uh, much like Hawaii, that just lost pretty much any key player you can think of is gone. Uh, they had both their quarterbacks uh, leave the team, even Sean Chambers. Um, from Kerman, of course, we know pretty well around here. He uh, transferred off to an FCS school. Their other quarterback, Levi Williams, uh, who started uh, towards the second half of the season and had some really big games. I mean, they throttled the eventual conference champion, Utah State. They won their bowl game against Kent State. Uh, Levi Williams decided to transfer to Utah State within the conference. And then 
You've got their star receivers headed to Texas, I believe, and their star running backs going to Arizona State, I believe. I mean, so this is going to be a team that is, uh, again, another one that should not be nearly as strong. That should, um, uh, I, I haven't seen them pick up a major haul in the portal themselves. So uh, it's, it's tough to see them being too competitive. I think the Bulldogs are going to be able to celebrate their final home game on senior night with a, a pretty good win here. And if uh, uh, we'll see what's exactly on the line. I mean, if Fresno State can pull off the magical undefeated season, I mean, you would think they would be at least top 15, maybe around number 10 or so. I mean, given where they're starting, um, they don't have a major ranked team on the schedule, but I think they would get a lot of love for beating the likes of USC and Boise State, Oregon State, San Diego State. Um, so, uh, I mean, there should be, if they can pull off this magical season, a lot uh, on the line here as far as the national outlook. If it's just uh, Mountain West title implications, this should be a, an easy win for the dogs. And then you look around, San Diego State's got to host Air Force that weekend. Um, Nevada and UNLV will play each other. San Jose State, Hawaii play each other. And on the other side, Boise State plays Utah State, the two best teams last year. So uh, Fresno State could be kind of the one team that gets a little bit of an easy ride here on the final weekend when if there's Mountain West championship uh, implications still on the line like there were this past season where Fresno State was scoreboard watching, of course, all day Friday, <laughs> the, the day after the Bulldogs beat the Spartans. Unfortunately, the Broncos couldn't give the dogs a hand there by beating San Diego State, but it could be another one of those weekends if uh, Fresno State can't clinch it on their own. Um, and otherwise, it just seems like this should be a a pretty favorable matchup for the dogs to finish off the regular season. And we'll see if they move on to a conference championship game and bowl or what lies ahead after that. Yeah. By that point, uh, things will be, uh, you know, pretty much uh, solid for the Bulldogs and, and knowing what their future is going to be as far as a, a championship or a bowl conf, a bowl game or whatever. By the time they get to Wyoming, things, things should be kind of set in stone by then. But that is this upcoming season's uh, schedule. Now, of course, uh, Bulldogs are always trying to prepare for the future for their non-conference opponents. Uh, this year's slate uh, had some good teams, but the next two to three years, I I'm seeing some good names in there again, uh, Jackson. And one that comes to mind here, we're, we're, okay, so for next season, uh, 2023. So far, there's three teams already scheduled, I believe. Uh, Bulldogs travel to Purdue. They have a home game against Eastern Washington, and then they travel to Arizona State. Now, following that in 2024, uh, it looks like that slate is already filled up. Uh, Fresno State will travel to Michigan, have a game, home game against San Jose State or Sacramento State, uh, travel again to UCLA uh, and trying to make that a perfect record, right? Um, and then at home against New Mexico State. So those are the next couple of years coming up, Jackson. Bulldogs are trying to do what they can to kind of fill this schedule out. There's more. I can keep going for the next few seasons. Uh, even 2025, it looks like there's a full full slate. They travel to Kansas. 
at home against Georgia Southern, uh, uh, travel to Oregon State, and then at home against Southern. So, you know, Fresno State's been doing their job in trying to fill the slate of uh, non-conference opponents. How do you see this happening? Do you see some of these teams kind of bumping themselves out and buying themselves out? Because we've seen that happen in the past. Yeah, so Fresno State's kind of dealing with one of those right now. I mean, different scenario here, but you mentioned there's an opening for 2023, which is rare. Usually, as mentioned, I mean, the Bulldogs schedule is built out to 2025. Um, It's rare to have an opening this late, and that's because the Bulldogs were supposed to host BYU. It was going to be the best home game of the non-conference slate for about the next three or four years. And uh, BYU, by excuse me, being invited to the Big 12, well, they were independent before, so every game was non-conference for them. And they got to go from 12 non-conference games to three or four. So uh, the Fresno State game was a casualty of that, and suddenly the Bulldogs are open. I, I got to talk with uh, some people at Fresno State and kind of hear about what they're doing to try to fix that and and about also, as you probably heard, uh, as Lucio mentioned, the non-conference games coming up, there's some exciting road games, but not some big names coming to Bulldog Stadium quite now. But as far as 2023 goes, it um, uh, looks like probably, I mean, it's being reported, it's being speculated that the Bulldogs might try to use Boise State to fill that gap because the Bulldogs were are not scheduled to play Boise State the way the Mountain West Conference works um, with the division in 2023. And Fresno State was supposed to host BYU. Boise State was supposed to go to BYU. Um, so granted that there's very few teams left across the country to schedule. I mean, there's like three or four teams perhaps that Fresno State might be able to schedule instead. And I gather some fans may have not even heard of some of these schools that would be the potentially the schools that could be added. Um, it sounds like a game against Boise State and Bulldog Stadium, even though it wouldn't count for the conference standing, ah, okay. uh, would be, yeah, it I, would I be I was about perhaps. to ask that question. <laughs> I was going to go, that, that doesn't seem fair to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would probably be the best chance to fill Bulldog Stadium and get fans excited about a game. I mean, um, it would still certainly mean something in the greater scheme of the schedule. And, and if you're talking, I mean, Bulldogs host Georgia Southern in 2025. Let's just use that for an example. Um, I mean, what are you going to be more excited about, seeing Georgia Southern or, or Boise State <laughs> Bulldog Stadium? So I think um, I think that's going to work out. Uh, and Interestingly enough, uh, the same scenario happens in 2027, four years later, when the Bulldogs were supposed to go to Bo- uh, BYU and Boise State was supposed to host BYU. Um, so there could be a return game there. So there's no big payouts or anything like that. And... Um, uh, that would be a, a big win given the circumstances. I think it's, it's still something people are going to be reluctant about, but uh, I think it's the best case to, to fix things. And then uh, just talking with Fresno State, you also got to realize how um, you know they they handled they got handled handed a pretty bare cupboard when Terry Toomey got here in 2018. Uh, Fresno State had no home games scheduled beyond 2020, um, so that is a very bizarre beyond 2021 a very bizarre scenario they inherited i mean in order to get oregon state at home i mean that was the big deal um they really had to be very creative just to get some home games like new mexico state and georgia southern uh you do see later down the line the bulldogs this new administration they've been able to get washington state scheduled at home for 2027 
They've got Texas Tech coming to Bulldog Stadium in 2029, Kansas in 2030. I'm hearing some more Power 5 schools will be lined up, most likely, um, in 2027 or beyond, you know, kind of that range where you should have Power 5 schools regularly, annually coming to Bulldog Stadium, which is what Fresno State fans really want. You know, you want that big home game. It's just there's uh, some schedules coming up that uh, it was just nearly impossible to, to make much happen with. And um, the, the next couple of home non-conference schedules are, are not going to be the greatest, but uh, they definitely uh, have things lined up for the future. And you know, if you don't follow football scheduling, um, basically these deals are usually made five, six, seven, ten years in advance. So um, the, the options have been very, very slim for some of these years. And um, we'll, we'll see if, I mean, Again, you'd like to have big teams come to Bulldog Stadium. New Mexico State and Georgia Southern are not great names, but uh, it's better than playing five home games instead of six, which is about the alternative. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Bulldogs are trying to get the schedule, these schedule uh, details uh, figured out. Um, uh, you know, they, they inherited quite a bit of a mess from the last administration, but now they're trying to get it back on on track you know i mentioned all the way up to 2025 2026 you've got the bulldogs heading to usc at home against sacramento state and then at washington state so they still have room to add more there 2027 uh at home against dixie state uh they head to washington and then they're at home against washington state uh 2028 they're at usc and at georgia southern 2029 they have Texas Texas Tech coming into Bulldog Stadium. 2030, they are at Texas Tech, and then they will have Kansas heading to Bulldog Stadium. 2031, they will be at Kansas, and in 2032, at Texas Tech. So the Bulldogs have been able to kind of secure some, some games uh, for the future. There's a lot of room to play with still there for the Bulldogs, and hopefully they'll be able to kind of do some more right Jackson but we all, we never know especially in this time of college football where there's always a lot of uh conference movement i mean there could still be a whole nother shift on conference realignment that could just completely blow all this whole schedule out of the water right Jackson <laughs> yeah i mean that's very true um i think Right now, everything's kind of settled, and we'll see um, exactly how it plays out. But if you're Fresno State, you're always hoping that you'll be in the mix to make that leap up to a, a greater conference. And unfortunately, I don't think Pac-12 is ever going to be in the cards. But <laughs> nope. Um, if you look at the Big 12, I mean, it's evolving. And if they decide to go west, I mean, Boise State has been a team that's been kind of on their their list as the next step. And if they do decide to go west, I think Fresno State and San Diego State are kind of the, the next two teams up, perhaps. Maybe UNLV. I mean, as painstaking as it would be if UNLV got the call before Fresno State based off the football, you know, the, the history between those two programs. But Vegas is going to be an attractive market. But I think Fresno State's doing everything they can to make themselves an option if it's just going to take a, a conference wanting to come this way. And really the big 12 is probably the only option. And if they have some spots to fill or they want to expand, I mean, that seems like it would make some sense for them to build their market out to the West. 
Absolutely. So this is going to be interesting. It's still going to be very fluid as far as non-conference scheduling is concerned for the Bulldogs. Uh, so as we know more, uh, of course, we'll we'll let you guys know more uh, with any significant changes in the uh, non-conference schedules for upcoming seasons. Uh, Jackson, we had thought we were going to add more to this podcast, but we are already running long. And instead of supersizing it, what do you say we do another podcast for next week? Uh, we were going to cover uh, stadium um, renovations and some Fresno State basketball. But I think why don't we just save that for next week and and, and give them another episode for them to, to kind of enjoy. Right, Jackson? Yeah, for sure. You know, if you're especially anxious and you want to see more about the stadium, I had that story up a few days ago. It's still on the Barkboard front page. If you scroll down a little bit, you can see what, what's going on with the stadium. And um, we'll be excited to kind of expand a little bit on that next time around. And uh, we've got the non-conference schedule uh, lined up there. We've got some other basketball stories uh, as well on the front page and um, an interview with Fresno State 2023 commit Devin Rivers. So, uh, tune in next week. We'll talk some more about that stuff, and uh, you can read up on it right now if uh, that's something you're interested in at barkboard.com. Yeah, we we uh, we went really in depth with the whole schedule, <laughs> so we we didn't realize how much it, uh, how much time we were going to take. But uh, that just adds to us being able to produce another uh, podcast episode for you next week. So stay tuned for that. So Jackson, with that being said, any final thoughts? Yeah, we've got a lot going on still at Barkboard. Spring football is not too far. Um, looks like it's going to be March 21st. It's going to be the start date. And uh, let me make sure I got this date right. I think it's April 30th. Uh, I'll, give, let me, I'll confirm that. But there's going to be the spring game. There's going to be the um, vintage days. There's going to be a baseball series. They're going to have some tailgating out at Fresno State. So... Um, that's all going to be uh, one big uh, party at Fresno State, it sounds like. Um, oh, um, April 30th. I, okay, good. I had that day right. It's April 30th. Spring it's a party. Saturday. Fresno State, spring football, spring game, vintage days. I mean, that's something that people have been asking for for a long time, and the, uh, the admin has, has heard. So uh, that'll be an exciting weekend. And... Um, a chance for uh, Bulldog fans to get their first look at this 2022 football team. Yeah, you'll be able to 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 do the spring game and, and vintage days all on the same weekend. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of that. The, getting out to those events. So. Uh, that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me at Twitter at RedWaveReport. And as always, if you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page. Uh, join that community. We post uh, all kinds of stuff there uh, for the Bulldog faithful. And as always, head over to thebarkboard.com. Uh, we've got our boards there, our free and premium board. And of course, as always, you want to be a part of the premium board because that's where all the latest news and updates is reported first uh, prior to going public. Uh, and so if you want to get a jump on, on everyone else, I highly suggest you uh, get a membership. It is really not that expensive, really cheap. So if you want to get a, a get a leg up on everyone, head over there and check it out. That being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.